Good morning, everybody. It is April 1st, 2022, and we are working on uh, the podcast number 12 of the book, Artificial Intelligence and the New Messiah, and specifically chapter 9. The the book chapter title is Sephardic Latino Writers of the Exodus Play. And I start with uh, really a, a couple of things. We are, still, we are still looking for fundraisers for the podcast, so if you know anybody that can help us to support, that would be really helpful. And um, it, this particular chapter, really I'm going to give you kind of a detail of, of what, this, what the story or reference behind the impetus for this book and I begin with a saying in, in New Spain and within the Ladino community. The, the saying is, Vecinos afuera de la casa. Translated means, keep the neighbors outside the home. That is because it, privacy is a big thing, because privacy really is survival to the Ladino community. This particular story uh, really is interesting and fascinating to, to me and to most people who follow this because it is a Greek tragedy concealed within a Christian recruitment play. Again, a Greek tragedy concealed within a Christian recruitment play. And I'm going to explain this, how we get to that, but I'm going to start with really who the Sephardic community was in New Mexico and Southern Colorado. They were fondly termed as Seranitas, and it was kind of an affectionate term those that knew the people and the families, because they were, they were really a Jewish community concealed within a very Catholic environment. But they're known for their outstanding commitment to faith, kindness to others, appreciation for contributions to their community. And uh, they were just called that kind of quietly, and those who knew that really who they were. But there were others who didn't call them that, uh, others who did not like that they were privately preserving uh, and practicing the, the law of Moses, using the cryptic languages, Ladino, which is Spanish and Hebrew, and then concealing all of this within the Castilian language that was termed archaic Spanish, but really was, uh, it was, you know, the Ladino language concealed from the 13th, 14th century. And because of this, they were termed the really harsh word swine or maranos. Uh, with roots from Palestine, you know, they were very committed to conserving their past. So it's it's an important story. Um, so, you know, in writing this, you know, it was it was interesting that, you know, it was really two frames of reference. People liked who they stood for, people that didn't. So, and again, it was a small community, a very Christian, Catholic environment. But let's start with, you know, when they got here originally, they, uh, the families that first came came with the Juan B. Juan B. Onate expedition in 1598. You know, they came looking uh, for freedom, religious freedom, tired of the exploitation and repression in old Spain. They specifically looked to live along the lines of the 33rd latitude. This considered very, very good luck as it is the marker of Jerusalem of the Holy. So that, that's really important. But what they came to was uh, not so easy sur- to survive. There's very little water here, few good lands for raising uh, crops and for farming. 
But what they did bring them were the alabadas, the songs of praise, and they came uh, with the, with the, with these called what placing these in cuadernos. This particular cuaderno that came to me, uh, I termed um, the journey of Exodus play with, that was in this cuaderno, and it's very important that uh, you understand that historically. Uh, Quadernos are just lists of songs or or praise of, of psalms, not plays. But this particular one was not so. It was a 7,000-word play that was concealed very interestingly. We'll go into that here in a second. But to the Serenita surprise coming here initially, they were immediately followed by the Inquisition. The Holy Office of the Inquisition in '69 was opened in Santa Fe, of, in Santa Fe of all places, and I was there recently, kind of looking around, seeing the kind of where they would place that. Usually, they were placed close to the cathedrals. So I was looking for that, and I always wondered exactly where that would be. It would probably be in the old town. My thought was, and so the adobo homes that first came within these communities, um, you know, the Christian families were there. You know, seeking the philosophy of Christianity to all, spreading to all parts. The Ladinos, on the other hand, were, were seeking solitude and privacy of the Judaic faith, and they placed their the, uh, adobes way outside the cities, way outside the towns. And you think, why would they be out there so so far away? And that was the purpose, really, to 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 conceal their faith in a in a private manner. Uh, what came to be is that. Um, there was one man in particular by the name of Miguel de Quintana. He penned the play called Las Pastores. It's a well-known play. It's still done today, I think, in the Taos area. This particular Christian play has poetry, songs, psalms, um, and it raised the flag of suspicion with the town friars because of its advanced knowledge and people were attracting to it. And the friars reported him to the office of Inquisition. And they came to talk to him, and he fought him off for about five years. And the conclusion was they agreed to let him be, because he had family, he had a farm to attend to, if he did not write any more Christian plays or works of that nature. And that was the arrangement. But by 1733... The Ladino version of Las Pastores, Las Pastores appeared, and that's really what I'm working or basing my my work from. This particular version uh, contained the historic Judaic faith, had words of Moses, uh, concepts of the historic uh, Kabbalah, and um, you know, just you know, a really interesting way to to conceal their work. So. This particular play was based on um, from the book The Portal of Light, my first uh, entree into this, this area. It was about 7,000 words. And again, within the the Hermano uh, Penitente community, they don't do plays. They do alabados or songs of praise. So this particular play was really only for the Jewish community. Within this, you could find New and Old Testament, the Law of Moses, and this is where, for the first time, a Greek play 
uh, influence of writings, latitude, cues, clues of the cosmos was all intertwined. And then it steps into interesting, considering the word of Flavius Josephus, the first century historian. I thought that was so fascinating. And uh, from there, also the concept, or, or I'm going to say concealment techniques of part of this from Moshe Cordovero. So, you know, it was really interesting. So the Jewish community, again, was forced to leave Spain, uh, you know, after the Elam degree of 1492. Most went back to Judea or Florence, Italy. Florence, Italy had a large community also. But quite a few came to New Spain. And that would be, you know, New Mexico specifically. And here they thought they would be free to uh, preserve the Judaic, their Judaic past, their Judaic faith. But it didn't quite work out that way. When they're here realizing that they're going to have to conceal themselves in great lengths, they thought they were, the Jewish community thought they were being punished for having this dual faith. And, um, you know, just kind of a guilt trip, uh, you know, having to live through that type of thing because, you know, you have, it's a person who has a dual faith, a dual identity. And um, so, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of a heavy scene if you, if I can use that 70, 70s term. So where we go to is, you know, how the, the play was written. Because it tells a lot about, um, you know, how you conceal a work. The exit play was, was uh, again, was a Native American recruitment play patterned after Las, Pastodas, Las Posadas, written in a five-word sentence, similar to the Alabado-style format. But that's where it would really change. Because this particular story was written from the character based called El Diablo, or the de- the devil. The biblical story of the fall of the cherub from the angel, you know, as an unlikely source, was the premise of, of the story. It was written from the viewpoint of the devil. Would that make sense to anybody? Not really, but to, to the Sephardic community, it made perfect sense because they thought they were having to deal with something that's quite devilish as the Inquisition community. So within this rite, you had both Hebrew and Ladino words, concepts familiar to the Ladino community be used, and also many times what we call the auto-antonym or dual meaning of words. For example, the word felicidad, which translates into happiness. It really meant uh, Happy New Year, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, so they would use that on that particular day when people thought they were just saying, you know, good day or felicidad. It wasn't so. Hebrew words is tafila, meaning prayer. That in, in plain sight surprised me. And then the word asmodeo, the king of the demons from the Kabbalah. I thought that was quite amazing also they would put that out there, but they did. The other real important word was the word semano. It took me a while to figure that word out. It wasn't until the second book that I realized uh, in, um, in uh, Twin Sons book that that meant heaven. So they had a heaven, their own heaven. And I talk about that later, where that, what constellation that came from. And then really was interesting is a, a more logical st- story, story of the birth of Jesus Christ using the portal of light or a pattern to locate where Jesus was born. That explained the origination of, of where Jesus was born. I thought that was very interesting. So in the end, you have over 
30 Ladino words, 8 Jewish terms, the concept of, uh, of uh, philosophy of, of the Greeks, and uh, it's just a very interesting written play, all, I think, influenced by Moshe Cordero's Pardes techniques that he used to conceal his works. And um, going further, you know, uh, to give an example of how they hid words, the Spanish Castilian word wolf means lobo, L-O-B-O. To the Sephardic community, they spelled it L-O-V-O. Many thought that for sure is a typo. wasn't so. They used characters uh, from the Greek tragedies as Bacto and Tevano. And this really relates to a Greek tragedy because the story is a tragedy. And uh, they used the word Hila, the very important uh, woman character in the play. And that comes from the, the uh, she was a female slave in the Greek tragedy from the Iliad. That was written in, in the year 12 BC, 1250 B.C., so all of this is tied into Appendix A of this book. If you, those people would like to really look into detail to find out the, the uh, actual uh, detail of these words and their origin. But in conclusion, uh, what we have is, is a Greek tragedy concealed in a Christian recruit, recruitment play. That's quite amazing. So you have cryptic Ladino and Hebrew words, concepts, philosophies, and history intertwined, intertwined to conceal the Jewish history. So, you know, the work itself is bold, it's brazen, it was necessary, and that's maybe why I write, wrote this artificial intelligence book, that is to tell the future. So I hope you enjoyed this. Talk to you soon.